live from Studio 67 in Florida's Capital County. It's time to be fackish. Access granted. Good people, how you doing? Welcome to the end of week six. Feels like 16. With just three more to go, budgets are out. Let the fun and games begin. All right, let's get into it with the usual crew, the usual suspects. Um, Let's go ahead and do roll call. And the question of the day is submitted by our illustrious deputy director. What did you collect as a kid? All right, I'm going to start like I always do with Jeff Scala. How you doing, Jeff? Hey, Devin. Doing well. Jeff Scala, handle environment, water, agriculture, rural issues, and technology issues. Uh, as a kid of the 90s, I collected pogs and played, of course, too. Oh, man. All right. And I apologize. Scala, Scala. We're going to go with Scala, right? Is that right? That's right. Or you can remember it as Chef Scallops. Jeff Scallop. I like that. Jeff Scallops. Bob likes scallops. Bob, how you doing? Doing well. Say hello. All things considered. All right. I'm Bob McKee. I'm the deputy director, and I handle uh, finance and tax and appropriations issues. As a kid, I collected another things. I got a coin still today that has Napoleon's face on it, Napoleon III. I have a stamp that was hand-canceled from 1850s. Uh, but I have a still today a huge baseball card collection. All right. So I had about 8,000 baseball cards. I have a card from Ed Sicotti, who was banned from life in the 1918 Black Sox scandal. Man. Bob, have you ever been banned for life from anything? I'm not going to answer that question. Okay, good. <laughs> Sarah, how you doing? Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday, doing good. Sarah Henley, the policy analyst. Um, I would say girls don't really collect as much as men, but probably Barbies, because they used to be really big during my time. All right, though, very respectable. Ed, how you doing? Welcome to Tallahassee. Thank you. It's great to be up here, finally. It's been good seeing you all week. What did you collect as a kid? Well, I collected uh, marbles. I collected uh, bottle caps, uh, and uh, but most of all, I collected trophies. From, <laughs> That's right, because you're a champ, right? From yeah, from my uh, from my judo days. Lots of trophies. I still have them all, along with the medals. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm trying to get them organized now into somewhere in the house. (laughs) Bob, did you hear that? I did. Eddie would kick your butt. (laughs) Eddie, wherever you go, judo. (laughs) (laughs) Tell Ned Graham how you doing today. Good afternoon, good folks. Tony Graham, your COVID healthcare, public safety and justice girl. As a child growing up, I collected T.Y. Beanie Babies. Ah, all right. And everybody, I am Davin Suggs, the Director of Public Policy. Collect is a strong word because, you know, my attention span as a kid was, but some of my favorites, uh, G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu Grip. I did baseball cards. And Eddie, I too had a lot of trophies in everything. I was just, you know, I was voted best all around in high school. So that lets you know 
Awesome. I'm willing to take on the challenge and everything, including you, Bob. Uh, I see you looking at me like you, you want to challenge me in something. Um, no. All right, guys. Week six. I'm tired and wiped out. Not a lot of action in committee. There was more floor time this week as bills are reaching their final destination, potentially. But a lot of behind the scenes action. The, the, the talks are getting more important and more critical. Um, and we have budget stuff this week. So why don't we get right into the rundown and... Jeff, you know, my favorite question is, do you know what time it is? What time is it, down? It's about to go down. Well, I'm going to first start off with a report from the floor. A few bills uh, in the environment and water section that have passed and are heading to the governor's desk. The first is the Resilient Florida Grant Program. That bill uh, is now heading to the governor. That sets up $100 million uh, to fund for local uh, projects for peril of flood and sea level rise planning. Um, That is House Bill 7019 will be heading to the governor uh, and its companion 7021. Uh, of course, that is related to the dock stamp bill, uh, which sets up a uh, three different silos, one being resilient Florida, the second being stormwater grants, uh, separate from sewer projects, and then the third, the affordable housing component. Uh, those bills are heading to the governor uh, for his signature. Uh, also, uh, the bill, House Bill 217, to honor uh, former commissioner Kristen Jacobs is heading to the governor uh, that that will rename the Southeast Florida Coral Reef Ecosystem Area. Um, In committee, we saw House Bill 263 on uh, potable reuse, reclaim water, uh, uh, was heard and cleared its final House committee. There was an amendment, uh, but was withdrawn that would have kicked the uh, implementation date for the ending of the surface water discharges by two years, 2032. Uh, Current language is 2030, and that amendment was withdrawn. It seems that they're still maybe trying to negotiate that, but it is heading to the floor. Um, uh, The Senate has already passed their their bill. Uh, That has a large mandate for water utilities. Um, A few other bills that we're tracking this session, uh, implementation of departmental rules on biosolids and on the blue-green algae task force bills, those, uh, Senate Bill 1522 and uh, Senate Bill 7060 also cleared uh, committee this week. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Just like I said, as we get towards the end of this thing, we're running downhill. Bills are trying to reach their final destination. Um, So hopefully a lot of things wrapping up and hopefully we can um, tent them to our favor. Thank you for that. Eddie, this is your first time doing a podcast in Tallahassee. It's a very important question I have for you. What time is it, Eddie? You know what time it is? Absolutely. It's about to go. All right. Uh, Not too much going in community and urban affairs this week, uh, but we have uh, some uh, bills to catch up on. Uh, First is uh, Senate Bill 268. Uh, This is the occupational licensing bill um, that Senator Perry has. Uh, It passed its last committee, the Rules Committee, on, uh, on Monday. Uh, no, Tuesday, sorry. 
Um, and that's the bill that basically preempts the licensing of occupations to the state. And it uh, ends local occupational licensing. If you have an existing program as of July 1st, 2023, uh, or uh, unless you have, uh, unless some of the occupations that are licensed are authorized by general law. Um, that bill is now on the calendar. Uh, its companion measure 735 uh, is uh, has already passed the House uh, last Friday, 8232. Uh, so there should be uh, some expected uh, floor action on that bill uh, in the next week or so. Uh, also, uh, there is uh, House Bill 741, which is the elections bill. Um, the companion or the the other measure uh, over in the Senate is Senate Bill 90. Uh, Senate Bill 7041 makes uh, changes to voter registration applications, um, signature requirements, uh, mail bin, uh, mail uh, ballots uh, systems, and uh, but it also has a provision, uh, Section 28 of the Strike All Amendment that was approved uh, actually last night, um, requires that uh, commissioners that run in single member districts run for election after the next redistricting is completed by the respective county commission. Uh, it, there is an exemption uh, that's provided from having uh, the, the, that applies to those uh, commissions that have term limits. And that applies to about 10 counties uh, in the state. But otherwise, uh, commissioners that run from single member districts will have to run off from elections, regardless of when their terms uh, actually finish. All right. Thank you, Eddie. And uh, you came in town and went right to the podium. Saw you a couple times weighing in. People in the legislature missed you, and I appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> Bob, let me ask you a question. How you feel with Eddie in the same building? You feel threatened? I'm happy to have Eddie here. All right. Cool. Um, I was happy to drive him to the Capitol so he could go speak instead of me. <laughs> and I was uh, happy to get him home last night. So I'm really happy that Eddie's here, and I've invited him over for dinner tomorrow night. Look at that. Teamwork. Man, I want to cry. I want to cry. Bob. It's about to go down. All right. A couple of th big things happened in the finance and tax area this week. Uh, probably the biggest action was uh, both the House and Senate passed Senate Bill 50, um, the e-fairness bill. It has now gone to the governor um, or is prepared to go to the governor. They haven't actually said it yet, but it is enrolled. Um, the bill was amended um, to include a reduction in the business tax rate from 5.5% to 2% contingent upon when the distribution to the unemployment compensation trust fund ends. So right now that's expected to take place in about 24, 25. Um, but again, that's contingent on, on what happens within that fund. So that's the current expectation. The bill did pass both the House and Senate and goes on to the governor. Um, also, 
This week, the Senate passed CS for SB 84, dealing with retirement. Um, the bill would require all new state employees and all, all new members of the Florida retirement system, with the exception of special risk folks, to enroll in the investment plan. Um, the bill passed the uh, Senate and should be in messages over to the House. All right. Thank you, Bob. And I know you got a real big one big thing because the budgets were done. So we'll await that. All right. Ms. Graham, how are you doing today? It's Friday. No complaints. Let me ask you a very important question here. Having Eddie in the building, does that change your perspective of Bob at all? What? Like, if you were really in trouble, like, if your office caught on fire right there, would you call Bob or would you call Eddie first? I'm going to call the Tallahassee Fire Department. I'm sorry. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. All right. It's time for Tonette's Rundown. Hold on. It's about to go down. All right. In health, safety, and justice, let's tackle the big beast first. Uh, Senate Bill 2006, emergency management by Senator Burgess, was up on Tuesday. He ended up merging language from Senator Manny Diaz's 1924 into his as an amendment. Even with failed, multiple failed attempts for amendments to the amendment, his bill now includes language that for the counties provide that the burden of proof lies with the political subdivisions. It will allow the governor and legislature by concurrent resolution to invalidate an emergency order. And with, um, in addition to the 10 day expiration periods of emergency orders, political subdivisions cannot um, implement or adopt the same emergency order after expiration. That bill passed um, after much debate, 12 to 5, and is heading to the Senate floor. But we have not given up hope yet. We plan to work with the sponsor and senators to make some adjustments on behalf of our counties as it heads to the Senate floor. Another one, SB 418, the public records and persons provided public Emergency shelter bill also by Senator Burgess. We were on his side with this one. <laughs> this bill creates a public records exemption of the address and phone number of a person held by an agency during an emergency, but it will also allow their family member to locate them if necessary. That bill passed in its committee on Tuesday and the House Companion 327 by Representative Rommel passed last week unanimously on the House floor. Last but certainly not least, Senate Bill 1412, the Traffic and Pedestrian Safety Bill by Senator Keith Perry. It was heard in its second committee of reference this week. This is the bill that requires local governments to convert flashing signals at crosswalks, crosswalks I'm sorry, not located at intersections to traffic signals by 2024. We, and it requires FDOT to seek approval by the federal government and a study by October 1st, 2022. We are working with Senator Perry as well as Rep Fine, who has the House Companion 1113 on amendment language to allow our public, our county public works departments to get an extension, hopefully to 2030. So we'll keep you in the loop as things progress with that bill next week. That's it for me. Hey, thank you, Tonette. Yeah, you had a busy week. Um, between you and Eddie, I don't know how much you're paying, Eddie, but you've been drafting amendments all week. 
Here. Listen, Eddie is the goat. Ah, uh, you see that, Eddie? See, I tried that. Yeah, do you know what that means? you know what the goat means, Bob? I don't think. Greatest of all time. All right. Yeah. All right. Bob just said Eddie was the greatest of all time. Bob. That makes Bob the real MVP. This right. Bob, you're the MVP. You can be the MVP. Eddie can be the goat. All right. Good job, guys, on the rundown. All right. Let's move right into the one big thing. Like I said, not a lot happening, but things that are happening are more major. So, I mean, I'm going to go to Bob and start with Bob because we really need to hear his one big thing. All right, the one big thing this week was budget, 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 and the General Revenue Estimating Conference. The House and Senate both passed their respective budgets. Um, The uh, Senate is hosting the budget conference this year, and so, the House has um, done their normal procedure of stripping the uh, stripping the Senate budget, placing theirs on it, and sending it back to the Senate. Um, however, the Senate did not yet refuse to concur. They're not on the floor again until next Wednesday. So it looks like conferees could not be named until middle to late next week. So it looks like early next week, we won't start seeing much action on budget unless the session calendar changes. Um, the, we did send out a, a detailed budget analysis. Um, and so if you all have any questions on it, I'm your guy. Um, just a couple of high points. Um, the, the House spent about $2 billion more than the Senate. Um, but when you look at GR numbers, the GR was very close. They were only about $400 million apart on GR. And given the most recent revenue estimating conference, which meant Tuesday, they have about, and given that they both chambers sweep about $500 million into GR in the back of the budget, we're looking at them having about 40 about excuse me about 39 billion dollars in gr to spend and they've spent about 35 of it so they still have either an eye on significant reserves or a little bit of sprinkling as uh, right. as conference takes place i'm gonna get in that sprinkle line I'm take my hat off baptize me with a couple billion right good job bob you know i want to get back to this barbie issue Sarah. Stay away from it. Sarah, Barbies. Which Barbie is your favorite Barbie? See, there's a lot of different kinds of Barbies. There's like regular Barbies, then there's brats. Um, I I prefer the good old Barbie, though. That's it. Plain and simple. You're going to have to bring it into the office. You bring it into the office. Did you keep any in the box? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why you collect them, Bob. Right. Bob. You can right. collect you them and play with them, or you can collect them and uh, keep them in the original wrapping. I always made my kids keep one in the original wrapping, and boy, was it tough for them. I know in like 30 years that Barbies will go for a lot of money. That's my hope. So I kept them around just in case. You know yes, what? Sarah, I'm with you. That holiday collection, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy a Tesla with it soon. <laughs> Sarah, did you know in 30 years? You'd still be younger than what Bob is today. Did you know? 
Age is just an accident of birth. Yeah, I know. It's I true. Know. All right, Sarah, people want to hear your one big thing. All right. Thank you for that budget rundown, Bob. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about within the budget and it's super important to our rural communities was the original Senate proposal the budget had the closure of four state prison facilities. Senator Perry, who is the chair of the Criminal Civil Justice Appropriations Subcommittee, filed a late amendment this week that passed and it calls for the closure of one state prison facility of 1,500 beds instead of that original four facilities that was around 6,000 beds. It's um, unclear which prison will be closed and the governor, president, and speaker will review the prison selected by September 1st, 2021, and the facility will be closed on December 31st, 2021. The original plan said that the four prisons had to be demolished by June 2024, but that was not included in this amendment. So some of the criteria for this closure is the age and facility maintenance of the institution, the proximity of the institution to other ones within the region, the impact of the institution closure on the local community's economy. So we will see if the prison closure is still in the final budget when it's passed at the end of session. Regardless, this could still have a negative effect on our local community and the workforce wherever that one prison closes. But it's interesting because the argument here is that the number of individuals incarcerated is low within the state right now. It's around 80,000. But prior to the pandemic, that number was around 94,000. But the Florida Department of Corrections expects that rate to increase as court operations are backed up due to COVID. And once normal operations come back, they're expecting that number to rise again, which would eventually create a conflict if we start closing prisons. Nope, we got to keep them open. Nothing. Thank you for that report. And that one's going to go down to the wire. So um, I may ask you to follow up, Sarah, in um, the next couple of weeks. Will do. Eddie. This is your first one big thing in Tallahassee. In Tallahassee. I'm just going to hit the button and let you talk. One big thing. The one big thing for today has to do with a committee substitute for House Bill 1053. This bill allows the Attorney General to designate matters of great governmental concern. Um, basically, uh, the bill authorizes the AG to declare a matter of great governmental concern and gives the AG uh, a specific amount of time in which to file a civil action uh, in, a, in, a, in a case that may have been already filed by uh, a city or a county. Um, it, the, the bill actually applies uh, whenever there is uh, economic loss uh, to the citizens of the state and uh, that economic loss uh, is in at least five of the state's 67 counties. Um, basically, the bill requires that every single time a political subdivision files a civil action in state court, uh, notice has to be provided to the attorney general. The attorney general then has about 180 days 
to review the notice and determine whether or not uh, the matter that's involved constitutes a matter of great governmental concern. And if um, the AG determines that it does, then they have to publish notice uh, on their official website and serve notice uh, to the uh, political subdivisions that may have filed the civil actions on that matter. It uh, gives um, then uh, the Attorney General uh, up to a year to actually file a civil action on behalf of the state's uh, citizens uh, in that matter. Uh, and um, that has, once that's done, then uh, the political subdivisions uh, have to file notice with the court that such a matter has been declared a great governmental concern, and that actually serves to stay the proceedings in uh, the cases that have been filed by political subdivisions. Um, the bill uh, provides for uh, any recoveries to go to the general fund uh, rather than to specific political subdivisions because this uh, the AG's action will be filed on behalf of the state, uh, uh, on behalf of the citizens of the state uh, in what they call a parents patrie doctrine lawsuit. Uh, and uh, it would not be uh, an action brought on behalf of the political subdivisions that may have uh, been damaged by the political, by, by the, um, the particular um, actions of a corporate entity uh, in the matter. Uh, the legislature then gets to decide how to uh, appropriate those monies uh, and uh, the bill authorizes the court to dismiss any political, any lawsuits that have been filed by political subdivisions uh, once a matter of great governmental concern is settled, resolved, or um, or a final judgment is issued uh, in, a, in the case brought by the Attorney General. Um, so that was the one big thing. There was a lot of uh, testimony, uh, including uh, fact testified um, in opposition to the bill. Uh, we had um, certain issues that were raised, not only about the fact that notice has to be provided in every single civil action, which seems rather broad. Uh, so some of the members actually requested that the bill sponsor, uh, Representative Oberdorf, actually think about narrowing the types of civil actions that uh, notice would be provided for, perhaps maybe even providing a dollar's threshold. There was also, the bill has uh, another flaw, and that is there is no criteria upon how the attorney general is to determine what is uh, a great governmental concern. Uh, so it was suggested that there be some criteria put in the bill to make that determination and also to provide an avenue for there to be a challenge to that determination uh, by the political subdivisions whose lawsuits are gonna be affected. Um, this bill has uh, a couple more committees to go. Uh, Civil Justice and Property Rights Subcommittee, which approved the bill, 
Uh, 11 to 7 was just its first committee. It still has to go to local administration and veterans affairs and ultimately the judiciary committee. Question is, is there enough time to get it through those committees, which are quickly uh, starting not to meet? Yeah, you know, you were right. That's it. Thank you. Eddie, you were right. The clock is ticking, but that's when the trickery begins. All right, we got two more one big things. Jeff, I'm going to let you go, and then I'm going to let Tanette go. And then we're just going to get out of here because, look, we got to get started on week seven already. So, Jeff, the people want to hear your one big thing. Well, the biggest and best thing that happened this week was on the Senate floor when they took up Senate Resolution 2046, honoring the Tampa Bay, Champa Bay Buccaneers. And just kidding, on all seriousness, the biggest thing this week was uh, broadband. There, there are multiple broadband uh, bills, three that we are tracking uh, uh uh, very closely, uh, Senate Bill 1560 uh, by Senator Osley. Uh, this is the bill that would set up a broadband task force and is and also would require the Office of Broadband to update uh, GIS maps annually on access to broadband. It also has a component on uh, an opportunity grant program. That bill was heard in Senate head um, and would um, ask unanimously FACA in support. Um, and, and that day in Senate Ted, Senate Bill 2004 by Senator Burgess, broadband internet, uh, was heard for the second time and also passed with support from both FAC and the Small County Coalition. Um, this is the bill that uh, provides $1.4 million uh, to the Office of Broadband to, to continue a broadband feasibility study uh, and their strategic plan. There was some concern that uh, the date uh, that they need to submit this plan by June 30th of 2022 is, uh, you know, you know, time is of the essence here. And, you know, the longer that we wait just to get a feasibility study, we want to just make sure that the Office of Broadband has the resources to continue uh, the good work of expanding broadband access. Um, uh, third bill, uh, House Bill 1239 uh, by Representative Tonko was heard in the House Ways and Means Committee. Um, this is a bill that had a large sales tax incentive piece that was valued at, at $92 million. Well, it, the sales tax incentive piece was removed uh, during committee. Uh, we've talked about this previously. Uh, it did not have any metrics or accountability measures to really truly uh, quantify how broadband would be expanded in rural areas or underserved, unserved areas. So those provisions, at least on the House side, have been removed. Um, uh, Senator Burgess has its companion, and, and there were questions last week that we discussed uh, about that accountability piece. We'll continue to monitor how that uh, bill moves forward. So now the bill is solely about uh, the municipal electric utility poles and setting up a procedure for the uh, internet service providers to uh, to those poles, um, setting the rates, terms, and conditions for doing so. Um, you know, broadband will continue to be a focus here uh, down the stretch for FAC with our Access 67 initiative. Uh, even bills like House Bill 985 by Representative Schoff uh, that tried to identify um, the number of students that don't have internet and are, you know, caught in these, uh, in the digital divide, um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll go towards just understanding the problem and, and delivering uh, an expansion of broadband access. So we'll continue to work with the, the sponsors on all these bills. Jeff, thank you. A lot of, you've been heavy on this broadband stuff. And something's going to happen. I mean, it's a lot. Something will happen, perfect. yes. Yeah. So um, I'm pretty sure we're going to hear about this again. We got three weeks to go. I'm confident you can bring it on home. All right. Keep up the good work. Miss Graham, how you doing? The people are very interested in your one big thing. One big thing this week is none other than HB1, the anti-riot bill. As we know, it passed on March 26th on the House floor, 76 to 39. And it is currently as we speak in Senate appropriations, they are meeting and discussing it now and it is scheduled to run into tomorrow. So make sure you follow us at Florida Clownies on Twitter for updates and we'll update you early next week as things move forward with that to let you know how it turns out. Thank you, Miss Graham. Yeah, I think they're going to be there for at least 48 hours. I think they have it scheduled to- as we're talking now and um, for the next day. So we'll see. That's going to be interesting as we get down these last three weeks. It's going to be make for good television and good podcasting as well. Um, all right. It's been busy. Um, a lot of mental capacity utilized this week. Um, I appreciate all of you guys and all the folks out there. We're going to try something a little bit different. I need the last word from everybody, and then I'm going to let Tonette close it out. See if you guys listen to me. So I'll start with Jeff. You got any last thoughts on week six? Just preparing for the final stretch. Couple, few more weeks to go. All right, and don't think I didn't hear those Tampa Bay Buccaneer comments. Uh, I'm gonna put a little note in your um, with your, with your check next week. All right. Bring back the whole team. <laughs> Sarah, you got any last words? Go Gators for Gator Day. Ah, and the chomp, I learned, is right hand over left. It is. All right. Right over left. All right, Bob and the Bulls, you don't, those USF Bulls, don't disrespect Sarah. Okay. Um, Eddie, you got any last words? Just looking forward to the end. All right. But I need you to stay in Tallahassee a little bit. You just got here. Don't want to go I will be here. I will be. Bob, you got any last words? Sure. Um, first, to just to give Sarah and Tanette hope, in 1993, I sold seven baseball cards to pay for four tickets to the World Series. Unfortunately, the Braves lost to the Phillies in the playoffs. That's part of the reason I hate the Phillies. But the last word for this week is money, money, money. Yes, we now move from policy to budget. All right. And my last words, I'm going to go and then I'll let Tonette take us out. Um, I'm just appreciative and everybody um, gear up and tie your shoelaces tight. Um, It's going to be a lot. You know, we these first six weeks and uh, five committee weeks, we're in 11 deep with three more to go. All right. So um, everybody hang with us. Tonette, it's all yours. How 
right, good folks. I think my word for this week would have to be, or my lesson learned that I've learned from this phenomenal team that I work with is grit. I definitely learned that this week. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Eddie, for putting up with me. But I'm learning in the process is not how you start, it's how you finish. You just have to run your race, and that is progress, it's not perfection. And then in the end, um, you, you'll get there eventually. Uh, all right, good folks. That's it for us this week. Always remember, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the wrong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. On behalf of your favorite local public policy team, Sarah, Jeff, Tonette, Eddie, Bob, and our director, but I think his most important role is Pickle's dad, Davin J. Suggs. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week.